Welcome back to Sweet Nightmare. It is Mare Obvi. And Krista here. Ooh, love this little <laughs> new co-host thing you got it's down. Teaming them. Yeah. Um, if you listen to part one of Scott Peterson, uh, this is part two. And we are going to go into Krista's rebuttals of why Scott Peterson may not be as guilty as he looks. Yes. So I think a lot of people think automatically that he's guilty. There's enough circumstantial evidence, even though it's not real evidence, that, like, who else would have done this? He obviously killed his wife. Um, And we went into a lot of the timeline in part one. If you haven't listened to that, highly recommend, because we're going to be going back to certain points in that timeline and kind of expanding on them. So, you know, kick it off, Krista. All right. Well, I do just want to start off. Because I feel like I'm going to get a lot of people hating on me for taking this side. Uh, I am in no way saying Scott Peterson is innocent. I just want to enlighten people on some of the facts that they don't know from this case. I was very surprised when I learned a lot of this. And I don't think a lot of people know this stuff. Yes, I agree. And and honestly, to confess, uh, when we were researching this podcast, I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to take the guilty side because, like, obviously he's guilty. And I, like, wrote down all my notes for why he's guilty. And it was just, like, oh, my God. Like, he's totally guilty because, like, why else would he do this and blah, blah, blah. And then Krista's notes were, like, five pages of, like, scientific (laughs) evidence and facts. And I'm, like, oh, okay, maybe not. So just keep your mind open, listeners. definitely keep an open mind. Um, And, yeah, we'll just jump on in. So I'm not going to go over the timeline again. I think Mayor covered that really well. Um, But there are some points that I do want to go back to. Yes. Um, So the first one is going to be Christmas Day. Um, Mayor talked about how the police asked Scott to take a polygraph, and he originally tells them yes, no problem, and then changes his mind and says no. And what a lot of people don't know is that he changed his mind, yes, but it was because his family actually were the ones urging him to like contact a lawyer, just make sure that he had proper coverage before going in, taking a polygraph, which in my opinion, isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think honestly, I would be the same way if the tables were turned. Like, yes, I want to help. But like, at the same time, I want to have my ass covered to make sure like nothing goes wrong. But if you're innocent, okay. Uh And your wife is missing. Don't you think you'd be like, oh my god, yes, search my house. Like, I want any type of clue of where she is. Yes, Marilyn. Okay. (laughs) Oh, this is the polygraph. This is the polygraph. Oh, just kidding. Okay. JKL. So, this is the polygraph. I zoned out. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Polygraphs aren't known to be like the most credible things. Like, they're they're not allowed in court. Like, but a lot of police officers say that they do them for one, to test if you're willing to do one, and two, just get a gauge, a general sense of like, are, is he telling the truth or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, I think, yeah, a lot of people thought he's saying no because he's guilty when in reality, like his family was the one saying like, hold on, get yourself a lawyer and then proceed forward. Yeah, that makes um, sense to me. The second one, which is the day after Christmas, so the 26th, um, police ask Scott to do a formal search of his home, and Scott denies them, or so it's reported that he denies them. Um, And a lot of people definitely don't know this. Scott actually told the police that he was fine with the search, 
but wanted to clear it with his attorney first. So to me, that's, it's not like, no, you can't come. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, yeah, fine by me and let me clear with my attorney and then you guys can come right in. And that's when they kind of dropped the bomb. Like, we already have the search warrant. We're coming in regardless and we just want to know what you were going to (laughs) say. Which, I don't know. It's a little bit of a bait situation and he took it apparently. But I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. Like, honestly, if you have an attorney, they're probably advising you to contact them when anything like this comes up. No, I agree. I think going back to my, like, demeanor point, it's like... I agree that it's not bad to be like, oh, I need to ask my lawyer. But if the police are coming to your house and they're like, hey, can we search your house, like, for anything related to Lacey? In my mind, if he was, like, distraught, it's only two days after she's missing. Correct. If he was, like, distraught and emotional, I I would think he'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, come on in. Yeah. Like, and he wouldn't even think about his lawyer. That's, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like, he was probably advised by by his attorney, like, hey, if, if they I come... know, I'm just arguing with you for fun, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is weird. You can say it's weird, but I can also argue why I don't think it's that strange. Yeah. And I just want to call that out. Okay. Noted. Noted. <laughs> so, the next point that I want to go back to that Mayor covered was uh, April 18th which is the day that Scott was arrested um, with his dyed hair and <laughs> brother's ID, the cash, um, very weird, very strange. Um, but the way his family tells the story is, is very different than what we all heard in the media. So first of all, it wasn't like Scott dyed his hair <laughs> and was running for the border. Okay. Like that's not... I just like, I love how he looks with bleach tips, honestly. <laughs> It reminds me of, like, the frosted tips back in high school. Or, like, third grade. Was it? Oh, yeah. We were probably younger than high school. (laughs) Just a little bit, you know. But anyways, um, Scott had actually dyed his hair blonde, yes. (laughs) Yes, he did dye his hair blonde. Okay. And, but he wasn't trying to run from the police and disguise himself from the police. He'd actually done interviews with the police with his blonde hair. Okay. So... What kind of guy is trying to disguise himself from the police and goes to them with his disguise on? He probably just wants to be, like, in sync. I don't think that's the case. I mean, what his family says is that he did do it and he was trying to disguise himself, but it was from the media and people. Like, mind you, this case is everywhere at Mm -hmm. this time. So he can't go out in public without being, like, harassed. True. So, I mean, I think it's very strange that it was portrayed like he was trying to disguise himself from the police when, like, that clearly was not the case. Okay. Like, they they met with him like that. It's not, like, some surprise. Okay. Um, so moving on, um, they explain that Scott was down there. I mean, Scott was living in San Diego at this time, so it's not like he was... Who was he living with? I forget. I think he had some sort of family down there okay. um, that he had been staying with. So it's not like he was... Was he just trying to get out of the limelight? I think so. Okay. Um, I know, I mean, like Mary said, he's originally from Modesto, and yes, San Diego's down by the border, but it's not like he was driving all the way down there yeah. to, to escape to go to the border. Um he was staying down there, and then on that particular day, he was actually supposed to go golfing with his um, with his family. Okay. Um, Scott noticed that some cars were following him, which he thought were the media. 
Um, so Scott calls his family and basically says, like, look, I'm being followed by the media. I can't come play golf today. Like, that's the last thing I need is, like, me playing golf while we're still, like, looking for Lacey and Connor. Um, so basically tells them he won't be coming. And Scott's phone's actually tapped still at this mm-hmm. time. So they hear the, com- like, hear the conversation. That's genuinely what he thought okay. was going on. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't know it was actually the police following him, um, but he would come to find that out shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the money goes, um, Scott's mom explains that she'd borrowed money from Scott and she was returning it, had all the transactions to prove this. Um, So his mom was borrowing money from him? Yes. Even though he's like, you know, paying his lawyer and like not really rolling in the dough. His mom is borrowing money from him. That's what's said. And she claims that she had the transactions to show that she borrowed money from him and was now returning it. So, okay. Likely story. (laughs) (laughs) Now for the, uh, for the brother's ID. Um, yeah, he's, he was saying that he would get a discount using it at Mm -hmm. the golf place that they were going to. So that's why he had it. Um, as far as the camping gear, he's saying, like, I just had camping gear in my car. I just never took it out. So what about the knife and the Viagra? The knife and the Viagra, I have no explanation for, and I'm not going to pretend like I do. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's weird, but uh, I'll be honest, like, I know a handful of people who have knives in their car. I thought you were going to say, I know a handful of people who really need Viagra, so. No. (laughs) No, no, no. But I do know people who have knives on them, so. True. I mean, that's not the weird one to me. The Viagra cannot, I can't help you there. Okay. Like, (laughs) not really, not really going to be able to defend that one. It's just, like, funny, because the way that the media portrayed it was, like, he's on his way for the border. He's got his blonde hair and his Viagra to, like. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean, though. And, like, honestly, the big ones for me was the blonde hair trying to disguise himself. And, like, he ran down to the border to try to escape. And the money was, like, oh, my God. Yeah, even the money. But, like, I mean, two of those are factually untrue. Yeah. Like, he was living in San Diego. He had dyed his hair blonde. Yeah, but the police already knew that. Like, yeah. So, it's, I mean, make of it what you want. I think it's very, there's some good explanations for, for what was actually happening and how it was portrayed was very very different yeah um so now we'll move on to the trial period and um this kind of lays out like the prosecution's theory and then why i don't think it's um accurate i guess okay um so they moved the trial from modesto to redwood which (laughs) is what, 50 miles apart? It's not far. Yeah, it's not very far. And I don't think it made any difference in this case. I mean, let's be honest, everyone knew about this case, whether you were in California or New York, everyone knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that moving it made a big difference. Um, But one thing I did want to call out, which is kind of crazy, is that all the jurors that said they were against the death penalty were eliminated from the jury pool. Hmm. Which I feel like leaves you with a, like, a very specific type of juror. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, and that actually, like, isn't supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, you're supposed to have a diverse group. equal, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, doesn't say anything, but I just thought I would call it out. Um, And the main one is that the jury wasn't sequestered in this case, which I think is very, very strange. Very weird. Like I said, this case was everywhere. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. So... 
I have jury duty on February 4th. Ooh. And I'm, like, excited about it because, like, I really want to get a murder trial. Yes. Um, and I mean, I, no, we don't want people to murder each other. Yeah, but, but like, <laughs> you know. Um, and in the, like, four or five years ago, I was put on a murder trial in jury duty in the Bay Area. Wow. Um, and, like, I sat in the thing. I saw the guy. Like, he was, like, looking in my eyes, like. It was really cool. Who are you? How did I not know this about you? I know, but my family and I had a vacation that was already planned for, like, the next month, and the judge was like, oh, this case could take, like, two months at least, and so I had to bring in, like, my plane tickets, and then he excused me, but I was so upset, and February 4th is coming up, and I'm just, like, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that I'll get picked for something. Well, we'll cross them for you, Marilyn. I think you'd be a great judge. I think I would too. Even though you just told us in podcast number one that you just go with what people tell you. We won't hold Mm. that against you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just scratch that from the tape. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) Moving on. Yeah, like I said, the jury was not sequestered. Kind of crazy to me, but it is what it is. Um, Jurors ended up actually admitting after the trial that they would go home and Google things, which is, as we all know, illegal. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to talk about it with people. I'm sure. I don't think I can honestly sit here and say I wouldn't do the same, but that's why you sequester a jury. Yeah. Um. So trial begins, and I'm going to walk through basically the prosecution's theory. Um, So the prosecution claims that Lacey was killed on December 23rd. Um, Scott cleans up. So wait, just really quick. December 23rd, she talked to her mom at 830. Correct. So are they saying that he killed her after that in the night? It must have been after that because, yeah, they know that she talked to her mom. um, But their theory was that she was killed on December 23rd. Okay. That Scott cleans up moves the body into his truck, and then takes it to the marina and dumps her body. Um, They also claim that the motive was that he didn't want to be a father, he didn't want to be married, which I think are some topics that you covered, Mm -hmm. and that he wanted to be with Amber Fry. Um, Another disclaimer that I'll throw out there is that mid-trial, they completely change their timeline. So a timeline that they had been... Sticking with for over a year, mm-hmm. mid-trial just changes. Okay. So I'm going to now go into why I think he might not have done it. And I don't want to <laughs> say innocent because I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm just saying here's why maybe he didn't do it. Okay. So my number one is there is zero <laughs> physical evidence. And I'm sorry, but if you murder <laughs> someone in your home... There's going to be evidence of this. But how come there's no evidence of anyone else killing her either? Well, maybe there is, Marilyn. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, like, you don't know. Like, the defense's theory was that she was kidnapped. Yeah. So if she was, I mean, We wouldn't know where be. to look. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that there's no physical evidence, they think he was, she was killed on the 23rd in the home. Yeah. Would lead me to believe that... A, he's just some super killer who leaves no trace. Or Stealthy. B, or, yeah, B, maybe he didn't do it. Okay. So that's my main one. Um, number two, a lead detective ended up admitting in trial under cross-examination that detectives singled Scott out as the prime suspect early in the case and were looking for evidence to support it. Okay. And I think you kind of touched on that 
earlier in uh, episode, the first episode for this, Mm -hmm. that they just got, like, a bad feeling, right? Like, I mean, okay, but you need to look at your other options, not look for evidence to prove that he did it. That's not your job. I will say that in most cases where the wife is killed... Cops will obviously admit that the husband is the first person they look at. For sure the first, but you shouldn't be trying to ever find evidence that proves it. Totally. The evidence needs to prove whatever the evidence proves. Yeah, I get that. And in this case, there is no evidence. So what do you have to prove? True. Um, number three... Let me just say, she has about 25 points, so I don't think it's buckle that, up, y'all. I don't think it's that many, but they're, <laughs> they're good points, so I tried to, I tried no, to pay it are. down. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> the third one, um, prosecution claims that Scott's version of the morning was basically bullshit. They said that they were not spending the, the morning together watching Martha Stewart because Scott already killed her on the 23rd, mind you. Um, well, the truth is that the defense... Uh, looked up, I think it was like Good Morning America or something, right? Mm -hmm. And Martha Stewart, sure enough, was on. And sure enough, she was talking about making lemon meringue cookies, which if you recall back, that Uh was what Scott said. It was something meringue related. Okay, just to rebuttal this, even even though I agree with you, I'm going to rebuttal it. Okay, go for it. Um, What if he literally clicked on the TV on the 24th, saw what was playing, and be like, oh, great, I, I can tell them that you're watching this. I feel like... That's, uh, you have to be, I have a lot of thought in doing, like, planning this out to do if that. If you kill someone, I'm pretty sure you're going to put a lot of thought into it, though. Obviously not, because he didn't hide his affair very well. Like, let's, let's think about it. Like, Scott Peterson is either, like, a guy who, like, methodically planned out this murder and mm-hmm. left no evidence... Or he's just like a guy that has really crappy luck and is or an he's idiot just like on so top of dumb. It. Yeah. Oh, like for sure dumb. Like he does things that are undoubtedly dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know. So I mean, your point is fair. It could be, but I just find that very unlikely. If he's trying to dispose of a body and cover his tracks, like he's not gonna have time to put on Good Morning America and figure out what's going on there. Unless he's d- doing it purposefully. To your point. Could be doing it purposely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, my next point, uh, prosecution calls uh, a computer witness to talk about Scott's computer activity from the morning of December 24th. And remember, it was some of the woodworking tool that we told you that was actually found fully assembled, um, which is definitely a big deal because this is the time that the prosecution is claiming he was like, adding weights to the body, wrapping it up, like basically getting ready to dispose of a body. And I don't know anyone who's like, oh, hold on. Let me look up how to make this woodworking tool. And then I'll get back to trying to dispose of my wife's body. Yeah. Very strange. Well, this wasn't the big bombshell. Okay. The big bombshell was when the defense then asks the computer uh, witness about activity at the home. Mm -hmm. Basically, was there any activity at the home of the Petersons on the morning of December 24th? And the witness says that around 8.40 that morning, someone was online looking at a woman's red scarf from Gap and a sunflower umbrella, which everyone states Lacey loved sunflowers. So (laughs) someone was at this home looking up like women's stuff Okay, question. Really quick. Yes. 8.40 a.m. Wasn't Scott still at the house technically then? For sure. In the timeline. Yes. Okay, so 
to me, okay, to me, if in the timeline he was already at his warehouse, this to me would be proof that he didn't do it. Because then obviously someone else is at home looking up these things. Mm-hmm. But to me, like, he could totally be the one Googling these things just so it's in the computer records. Right. But don't you think that if he did do that, this would have came out way before trial? Like, he would have brought it up? Yeah. Like, like, oh, check the computer. Yeah. Yeah, true. They only found this out on cross-examination. They didn't know what the answer was going to be. And if, like, because I find this to be a very damning piece of evidence. Like, someone was at that home, like, looking stuff up that, like, was related to women's like fashion stuff, you know, yeah. like, and so if this was him trying to make a case that like, look, there's no way Lacey could have died, then, um, he would have brought this up a long time ago. True. And I think this is about the time in the trial where they honestly changed their timeline. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't remember exactly when it is, but I think it's about this time. Okay. And so next point People confirmed seeing Scott load up his boat and launch his boat. Um, And I just want to call this out. Like, if he was disposing of Lacey's body, people probably would have noticed a large body being put into a small 14-foot fishing boat. Okay, and I'm going to rebuttal that. Okay. Is rebuttal the right term, by the way? Yeah, you're good. I'm going to present a rebuttal to that. Um, Like I said... He wouldn't have disposed her body in the Berkeley Marina. He would have disposed the bodies in the San Francisco Bay, which okay. is nearby. So, in my opinion, mm-hmm. he's going fishing so that people do see him out fishing in the Berkeley Marina. And he's just going to leave and a body in his truck and hope yeah, no one sees it. For a few hours. Go fishing. With a tarp over it, no one would see it. Uh, I see where you're coming from, but I find that very hard to believe. Like, I don't know. Think in the mindset of someone who's trying to get rid of a body. Like, you would have to be very cool and calm. Just, just like, like he is at I'm the freaking everywhere. I'm just going to go and go fishing for a bit. He's cool and calm in front of everyone while this is happening. You're not convincing me on this one. Okay, fine. Continue. <laughs> uh, next one, there are over 20 reports. 20 reports of Lacey's scene that day, the 24th. How many people are out walking, walking her dog? 20 people? How is that even possible? I don't know. I don't live there. But yeah, it's a small little suburban community. And I live in a highly populated area. If I go out exactly. and walk a dog... Listen, if I go out and walk a dog, okay? And then the police are like, hey, how many people saw this girl walking their dog? I bet you only like three people could remember like, oh, I remember seeing that girl walking her dog. Okay, well, apparently, she would frequently walk, so they remembered <laughs> seeing her, and they honestly, some of them got it down to the type, the exact type and color of the dog. It's a golden retriever. Well, the problem with this <laughs> is that none unique. of this made it into any formal report. Okay. It was reported to police. Did they go back and validate any of this? They did not. Okay. So, regardless of if you believe it or not, someone should have done some digging. Um, this is probably... Are you getting annoyed with me yet? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So this is probably the biggest one for me. Oh, yeah, the robbery one, yeah. Yes. So around the same time as Lacey's disappearance, the neighbors who lived directly across the street from Scott and Lacey reported a burglary at their home. So police end up finding the people who are responsible for this robbery. 
And when they go to question them, the first thing they say is, I had nothing to do with that pregnant girl. And the police's response to this was, I'm not asking about the pregnant girl. I'm asking about the burglary. (laughs) Not no one mentioned the pregnant girl. Yeah. No one brought this up. Why are you bringing this up? Nothing. Straight into the burglary. Mm Mm-hmm. So, basically, the robbers tell police what happened, stating they broke in, they took the safe, they put it on the front lawn, and then police end up doing a press conference on December 30th, telling everyone that the case of this burglary was solved, the suspects were caught, and that the robbery took place on December 26th, which should be alarming to a lot of you, because December 26th, mind you, there is media camped Oh, yes. Oh, yes. At this time. And media even states, who are the ones that want to prosecute this guy, there's no way this happened on the 26th because we were all out here. We would have seen someone coming outside. 100%. And no burglars would have gone in with media there. With that many people? No. But it's, it's weird to me because wouldn't the people remember the day that their house was robbed or were they on vacation? They were on vacation. Okay, got it. So... Now, there's evidence to suggest that Lacey actually confronted these burglars, burglars, and this is what possibly led to her death. And there's a recorded phone call in jail from one of their friends saying, like, yeah, this guy told me that she confronted them on December 24th. Mm. So the whole timeline of this, A, doesn't make sense to me. There's no way it happened on the 26th. And B, it's really sketchy that the police didn't dig into this further. Yeah, that is weird. Like, the timeline doesn't make sense. The and fact there that other there are reports of pregnant girls, like, going missing at the time and around stuff? Around the exact same time. And so, like, the fact that their first words was, I had nothing to do with that pregnant girl, like, ding, 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 why are you asking yeah, about that? Yeah, except, again, it's all over the media. So, of course... It's it's the same street. Of course they're going to say something like that. I guess, but I don't I don't think so. Okay. Especially with the timeline, it's just it's all too fishy to be nothing. Yeah. So, we'll move on though. Okay. Um reports in the media came out and I think everyone remembers this, stating that over and over that the house smelled like bleach. There was that picture, like, floating around of the mop and bucket and, like, just over and over. The house smelled like bleach. There was an intense cleanup. Well, the fact of the matter was that the house did not smell like bleach. How do you know that? That, Because they admitted it, that there was no smell of bleach. Okay. Yes, there was a mop and bucket, but Scott had already explained, if you remember. Okay, but, like, he could totally be lying about that, though. Oh, my gosh. How are you going to clean up an entire place with just a little mop and bucket? Honestly, what else? No would, okay, what else would you use to clean the blood? A, a mop water. But it could be any type of cleaner. You don't, I don't need well, bleach. They're, what they're saying is like the place did not smell of cleaner. Nothing looked out of so the ordinary. So she's just regularly mopping their floor with mop water. No cleaner at all. No, I mean I'm sure there's like pine saw or something in it, <laughs> but like pine saw is not going to get rid of this murder scene that supposedly took place. Okay, touche, touche. So, where am I at? (laughs) I'm throwing you off. You are. You're doing great, though. (laughs) Um, The next one, back to our lead detective. 
I think his name was Al Brocchini. I'm thinking. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I think that's his if name. If that's not the detective, that's a news reporter from the Bay Area, because I definitely know that name. Okay. So I think that's his name. If he's not, sorry. Um, <laughs> the lead detective completely bold-faced lied and stated that Lacey had no knowledge of the boat he had purchased or the warehouse and, like, never been to his workbench and was basically trying to paint the picture that this was part of Scott's, like, plot to kill his wife. He hid all of this from her and... Even I think this is dumb. Yeah, that... Like, basically, this is how, like, this was the plan, and he was keeping it from her in order to execute this plan. And, like I said, this was a complete lie. Um, he later came out and had to admit that he, that witnesses had come forward and had told him that they'd seen Lacey there and that she was well aware of the boat in the warehouse. But he states he just decided not to put that in this report. Okay. So, I mean, to me, this is, like, come on. It goes back to the thing where we're talking about, like, we're trying to find evidence that he did it, and this doesn't go with that. So Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to include that in my report. Casual. That's not... Convenient. It's not not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Um, So I think I have two more key points. Um, The first being... How the prosecution explains how they found, like, concrete bags that were Mm -hmm. empty. And Scott basically explained to them that, yeah, he used the concrete one to create, like, an anchor for his boat. And the prosecution claimed, like, okay, well, the rest of it's gone. So that must be what you used to, like, weight down her body, blah, blah, blah. It was the exact amount that would have been needed. And the concrete was actually used in the driveway and was all accounted for. And he had showed them that. And they just kind of <laughs> never went back to clarify that they knew where the concrete actually went. I did love, you know how Nancy Grace was yes. like all over this case? And yes. was like, Scott's a piece of shit. He's innocent, blah, blah, blah. So they did like a whole news segment where she goes to his house and like they show her where the concrete was and she has like nothing to say. Yeah, she's like, like, okay, moving on. Yeah. Like, not, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and she like made a huge deal out of it. About this. This was the smoking gun, supposedly. So moving on, um, they did perform a test. Um, This was not allowed in the trial, um, by the way, but they did perform a test. That would show it would be literally physically impossible to dispose of a body, like like a full body, the weight of a body, and that size of a boat without completely flipping it over, mm-hmm. without it fully capsizing. And the guy that actually did the test almost drowned twice trying to perform this. Wow. So, like, I don't know how you, like, get... How, how did I mean, he do it then? Again, like, he probably left the bodies in his car and then went to the San Francisco Bay after... And then capsized his boat later. Like, that whole timeline that you're throwing out doesn't add up, though. Okay, fine. Like, when did he have time to do this? I'm very curious. I don't know, Krista. It's just, like, (laughs) who else brought, like... So you're being, like, the media right now and just throwing things out? I know, I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) But, like, in all actuality, the timeline that he laid out makes sense. And, like, there's not a huge gap in time that can be explained. Yeah. Like, his ticket leaving the marina, you're not putting that into factor. What time was that at? Uh, it's in the timeline that you covered. I think it was, like, 325 around. No, it was, like, 215. He said he was leaving the Berkeley Marina. Okay. 
And then he got home, it says at 4.30 or 4.45. And Modesto doesn't... I don't think it takes two hours to get to Modesto. So... Could be wrong, but, like, and I he think he... docks his boat at 3.25. Then why does he call her at 2.15 and say, hey, beautiful, it's 2.15? Because he was docking. I think he was docking his boat. Um, so he finished fishing at 2.10. Um, gets back to the marina and docks his boat. And by the time he's finished putting it all back and, like, all of that stuff, it's, like, 325. And he has a, a ticket basically saying, like, um... Okay. Just weird how he would left. tell her it's 215 and he's leaving. Okay. Just saying. It's a little Ticket, fishy. Tickets don't lie. Well, why is he lying about when he's leaving? Maybe he called her when it, he wasn't leaving. I don't know. Okay. Um, we'll move on. Uh, the search dogs that were used that supposedly tracked Lacey's scent to the marina had actually failed their certification tests. So weren't even like credible search dogs. And twice before they had been taken out to the, the marina and did not hit on her scent. So again, it's like cherry picking the evidence that you want to use. They mm-hmm. didn't want to use it when they picked up nothing, but... Sure enough, when the time that they did find something, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go with this. Yeah. Not, again, not not the way it works, people. <laughs> um, now I actually have two more. <laughs> I was Great. lying earlier. Um, so the prosecution this had a witness. This one confuses me, for sure. Okay. So the prosecution had a witness testify about the movement of bodies in water, stating that based on where the bodies of Connor and Lacey were found... The bodies would have been dumped right where Scott was fishing that day. So that's Which what he testified. Which is why I said that that can't be true. There's no way. Yeah, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, and like I said, that it's really not true. It turns out the supposed title expert wasn't an ex- expert of anything. Well, at least not having to do with this. He admitted to having doing no such tests. <laughs> Having no expertise, super credible education, <laughs> or practice in regards to the movement so of bodies they, like, in water. So did they just pick him up at the beach or something? I mean, apparently, I don't know. Building sandcastle. <laughs> this is our guy. Like, oh I, don't, I don't. He's clearly a title expert. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they were thinking maybe he'd lie and like say that he was an expert on this. But during cross examination, he admitted to having no such expertise being it was all a load of bs which really does again screw the whole prosecution's theory like if this is your theory and Mm -hmm. you're changing it and changing it you keep changing it to what's like what fits for you in order for him to be guilty yeah you're not even willing to accept that okay maybe we're missing something totally um, and so for my last one, um, the prosecution had a witness testify stating that baby Connor died utero, meaning in the womb, on December 24th. Um, again, this is not true. And the formula that was used to determine this was incorrectly done. And the doctor who actually created this formula himself ended up coming forward and concluded that baby Connor lived well past the 24th, even possibly up to January 3rd, which to me means there's no way he did this. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of attention that was on him, that like, it, there's no way. And again, this kind of goes to the defense's point, like, okay, like, maybe someone did kidnap her, was holding her. I mean, again, it's all in the media. 
anyone that had her would know, oh, let's dump her body here because he said he was out fishing. If someone was holding her hostage, wouldn't you think they'd want some sort of ransom? Like, why would they be holding her for so long? I feel like I can't speak on the mind of criminals because people do this all the time. People take people and kidnap them for nothing. It's not always about getting a ransom. Like, there's sick people. And I feel like more often than not, they're not asking for a ransom when Mm -hmm. someone's kidnapped. Like, their plan is to murder you, not to get money for you. So, I mean, these are just some facts. And like I said in the beginning, I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm not saying he did. I just think these are facts that, like, a lot of people don't know about this case. Mm -hmm. And, I mean the media really portrayed it in a bad light. And a lot of the jurors said that basically throughout the trial, everything that the prosecution was putting forward, the defense knocked down and that the defense did a really good job. And the, the damning thing that they ended up convicting him on was um, like the Amber Fry calls yeah. and, and that stuff. And like, to me, I mean, that's not, evidence Mm -hmm. and I don't believe that they convicted him without a shadow of a doubt no I agree with you and like the whole thing like I feel like I've been presenting the what the heart feels and you've been presenting what the head feels right and like I normally go with my heart that's that can also be a downfall of mine Uh uh-huh so like I I truly don't know how to feel. Yeah, it's it's hard because, like you said, like, I think, honestly, if I had to say whether he did it, yes, I feel like he did. Yeah. But your responsibility as a juror yes. is to be proven guilty without a shadow of a doubt, and I don't think he was. Therefore, like, I don't, I can't say that he did it. Like, yeah. these are a lot of questions that were never explained. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I mean, it's up to everyone now listening, I guess, to did he do it? Did he not deserve to be convicted mm-hmm. is even a better question. Or alternate theories. Would love to hear them. Yeah. Um, any thoughts that you guys have, um, if you want to go to Instagram, the handle is at sweetnight.mare. Um, and we're going to be posting a lot of stuff when this episode comes out and We'd love to hear what you guys think because we're honestly very interested. Yeah, it's a doozy. Yeah, because you don't ever hear about the other side of things. So No, you don't. We rarely, I think, well, this is the first time we for sure tried to do a two-part one where we share two different sides, and I think both are really good sides. Yeah. I think now it's just coming down to, I mean, to me, there's a lot of question marks. We sure are. Sure am. <laughs> oh my god. We're putting her to sleep, everyone. <laughs> no, I'm just tired. But like, I I don't know. It's such a weird one. Like, there's just so many factors in it. I think it's super weird, too. What makes it so weird is the fact that when you go into this, you think you know, mm-hmm. like, already. And then you're like, wait, what? Yeah, you don't know a lot of things. Wait, like... I never heard this, you know? And I think that's why it's so hard because in your mind, you're like already like, no, 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 he did this. Yeah. So like I said, we'll leave it up to the listeners. Let us know y'all. Um, and thanks for listening. It's been a while. I'm sorry. I'm not putting these out as regularly as I hoped, but hopefully this one was enough to keep you intrigued. So thank you all for listening and tune in next time. Bye guys.